the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Good day. Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Retirement income strategies and estate planning, plus a bonus session coming up July 13th in Burlingame. This show's really kind of about life in retirement and getting into retirement. I want to say life in retirement, but income in retirement and how you're going to you know, pull it off. A uh, million dollars is going to get you about $35,000 a year. Let's say Social Security is $2,000 a month. That's another twenty-four. Could you live off 50? And we start kind of with that concept on the show. Um, But you can learn more about retirement income strategies and estate planning, social security strategies, retirement income taxes, passive versus active portfolio management. And then there's also going to be the first breakout session ever. Uh, Retirement tips for self-employed and contract professionals. A lot of them in the Bay Area where you're your own boss. Um, It's cheaper that way for companies to, you know, contract you versus Aria. So that's going to be in Birmingham July 13th at the Doubletree by Hilt Hotel. It's lunch and event. So it's $25, but because you're a radio listener, use the code RADIO25, and you get in for free. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, talk a little bit more about some of the things we just broached ever so quickly. Chad, what are a few ways people can truly test it to see their retirement income strategy um, make sense and won't run out of money? Uh, good. I mean, the first two that I'll list off, you can actually go to the website, New Focus Financial, under the resource page. There's a quick and dirty form that is what we call it, where if you're you know, drawing on your portfolio already, you could say, okay, here's my assumed rate of return. Based on my rate of return, how long my money will last. So that's the draw rate test, which used to say, hey, if you start at 65, you draw 4% of your portfolio, uh, you can increase it with inflation every year and you should be okay. And that was done in the 90s when interest rates were way higher than they are now on bonds and CDs. So there's draw rate uh, tests, there's rate of return tests, um, there's you know how sensitive your portfolio or your plan is to inflation if inflation goes up. And we have to realize it's probably going to be less and less inflation or increases to Social Security in the future. Um, there's monthly simulations that you can do, which is how sensitive your 
financial plan is to the order of returns, uh, you know, volatility order of returns, different uh, inflation high, inflation low, those types of things. It kind of brings the first three that I talked about together. Uh, and you have to test your withdrawal. How sensitive is this if you have longevity issues? In other words, you live past age 100. And then you can run different scenarios regarding, you know, what happens if you or your spouse goes into a nursing home for four to ten years. And then there's all tax sensitivity issues, Rob, because let's face it, we got about 29% of, you know, U.S. Uh, spending is going into healthcare issues now, um, and that's only set to increase. So potentially taxes going up in the future too. You have to say how sensitive my plan is to that. So I'm with you with all of those. Um, let's talk a little more specifics, though. Um, the, the draw rate. Um, how is the draw rate test different from the rate of return test? And would it inflation affect both tests? Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at your portfolio and you say, okay, I think I can retire right now. If I get a 6% rate of return, how much of my portfolio do I need to withdraw uh, to pay my expenses? And that's, you know, well north of, if if it's anywhere over 4% at age 65, you've got problems. But if you're kind of on track, you can do things like Monte Carlo simulations where as long as you have your specific holdings um, programmed into these, uh, you know, basically computer programs, it can take your draw rate, your rate of return, your inflation, and then run thousands of different scenarios on the order of stock market returns. Um, I give examples of these events of what happens if, you know, you take the actual rate of return of the market from the 80s to now and a person drawing 4% versus if you flip those over and have the good times come first and the bad times come later, um, it's a significant difference. So basically a Monte Carlo simulation will give you a, a probability rate of how successful your plan is. And if you're retiring with less than an 85% probability of success in a Monte Carlo simulation, I think you're you're taking way too much risk. So uh, Monte Carlo simulation kind of brings all rate, rate of return, inflation, and or stock market return risks. Um, it, it helps you give you a, a success rate, Rob, whether or not you not retirement yet. So that's all good stuff. I like the idea of the Monte Carlo simulation because it sounds like fun. <laughs> Monte Carlo was one of those mystical places as a kid. <laughs> right, right, right. So if the Monte Carlo test says that you have a high probability of success, why not just go that path and, and be done with it? Like, why make things complicated? Well, so the thing that I looked at, you know, I, when I got into the business, I was in college. I was majoring in engineering and math. And I, I looked at just the overall stock market and realized that um, when the market does decline, it tends to be the best buying opportunity uh, for the next decade, we need significant declines because the following years after a market decline are typically really, really good. Um, but if you're in retirement and you, you're you forced to sell, you can't do anything about it because you're retired, your portfolio is your source of income. And so if you're taking money out on the way down, it's a mathematical nightmare. And what the Monte Carlo will do, it'll give you a success rate, but you still have to have a strategic withdrawal strategy that says, how am I going to shelter myself from that math problem of, hey, I've retired in 1999, boom, followed by you know 
three years of market declines. Or I re- retired in 2007, and then you get followed by the worst two-year market decline you know, in the last 100 years. Um, so you have to have a strategy that um, you, know, you implement that helps you, number one, get through bad markets. Number two, gives you a strategy of when you're supposed to sell and peel gains off the market to replenish your cash and your safety. So it only increases your success by having a good withdrawal strategy on top of a Monte Carlo test. So going to a Monte Carlo test and then not having a withdrawal strategy means you're probably going to spend all your cash first, then your bonds, and you're going to have 80 years old with a very aggressive portfolio and subject to a market decline. And that's way too much risk. So you're going to be talking about this and more at the Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar, July 13th. It's Thursday from 11 to 1 p.m., Doubletree by Hilton Hotel, San Francisco Airport, in Burlingame, California. People can sign up for the event at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 and get in for free. Then there's that bonus breakout session, which I'm looking forward to because it's new content. Having worked together with you almost 20 years, I've heard a lot of your content, So, and you've heard a lot of mine. Um, Real quick, uh, we're winding down. Um, What can people do about longevity issues? Issues. Yeah, I mean, first you have to know about your health. It's interesting. There's a lot of sites and services that help people gauge their longevity. And a lot of that you can plan for if you take, um, you know, your bonds that you're supposed to have in your portfolio and use some of the alternative products out there like no-load variable annuities that say if the portfolio goes to zero, the insurance company continues to pay you as long as you live. So alternative products that are out there, um, just knowing what your health is, what your family history is, and then you got to do some modeling, too, that say, okay, how much will gotcha. be left over and your spouse goes in for years to a nursing home? Thanks very much. You can always hear CFP Chad Burton here on KDOW from 2 uh, to 3, Mondays through Tuesdays. You can find out more about the income strategy and estate planning uh, session in Burlingame. Use code RADIO25, RADIO25, to get in for free. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com, and you can get that download there as well. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Call Rob Black now. 800 516 1220. That's 800. 800- 516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the big stories out there, uh, pending home sales. They tumbled, they stumbled, they bubbled. Uh, but they tumbled as supply crisis hits basically sales. Pending home sales index for NAR, uh, National Association of Realtors, dropped 8 tenths of percent month to month. Um, it's now 1.7% lower than May 2016. The inventory crisis was worse on the low end of the market, where demand is the highest. Fewer buyers signed contracts to buy homes in May uh, because they can't find or afford what they want. Pending home sales index, um, this is kind of important. You know, Monthly closings have been recently 
oscillating back and forth, but this is a third consecutive decline in contract activity and implies a possible topping off in sales. But it also says that buying interest is there. There's just not enough homes, existing homes, put up on the for sale uh, side of the world. Uh, I never want it to be a landlord. And then, you know, I got into a mortgage that was incredibly cheap. And uh, now it makes financial sense. It's cash flow positive if I, I rent it. So let's talk a little more real estate. Bring in Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. I just had a appraisal done, and it's by far not cheap. And it doesn't feel like a great value. Person comes out with a electronic tape measure, walks around your home, bleep, 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 says, see you later. I'm like, you're not even going to come in? Nope. So I saw you did an appraisal three or four years ago. I'll just use that. And I'm going to charge you almost $1,000. Yeah, it's a little it's a little um, expensive for the kind of work that they actually look like they do. But a lot of the, what they do is in the back end. It, it, it is the collateral for the loan. Yes. Uh, that is one thing that you, you want to have uh, is a good appraisal. Um, and for a while there, Rob, it was really difficult for these appraisers to get their uh, value set because there just weren't enough sales, uh, comparable sales to your property, um, and uh, or your house was too unique, or the comparables were in a different city. So we've actually that was, it was several years ago, you know, 2011, 2012. We actually had some problems finding uh, properties that were uh, we, we we had some loans basically go bad because we, the appraisals weren't acceptable by the lender. So they, they do their job. It, it is it is crazy, though. I can't talk to them. HVCC, which is the Home Valuation Code of Conduct, changed everything about appraisals. Um, one of the reasons why I believe we saw a rise, it was just one part of the um, the peak that we saw back in 2005, 2007, was because uh, lenders were able to call an appraiser and say, I need this value. I need 900000 uh, Well, I can only do 850 So they picks up the phone, calls another appraiser. I need 900000 and the guy goes, well, I'll give you eight seventy five. He goes, now nah, I need nine hundred. Calls another guy. He goes, I'll give you, I'll give you nine hundred thousand. Um, so that all changed. Um, so there, are, they, they all, all these appraisers go through management companies now. They make less money, um, so they may feel less obligated to put, or l- at least look like they're doing a more work. So it's an interesting topic when it comes down to appraisals. Luckily, and for those who are thinking about getting their, uh, doing a refinance or a purchase. Appraised values have been coming in lately. A lot of people approach appraisers the same way they approach mortgage lenders. Um, They want to get the lowest rate possible, and they'll just go from one mortgage lender to the next mortgage lender to the next mortgage lender to the next. And the mortgage lender can see that because they see that there's been soft credit pulls by mortgage lenders. So you get a guy who those aren't soft credit pulls, just so you know, they're hard credit. Okay, hard credit pulls. Yeah. So he'll see that hard credit pull and he'll go. Yeah, you're shopping. You're shopping, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say what you want to hear. In reality. That's the way to – if you were to shop for home, that is the way to do it. You need your credit to be pulled uh, and unless you have a copy of your credit report and you're giving it to the lender and they can make a, an analysis based on what you have on that credit report. But most loans today are run through an automated system, and you have to have a credit report run through the system, um, not a piece of paper, in order to get the results. Um, otherwise, uh, you you do risk some sort of – catastrophe, uh, you know, paying for an appraisal and not getting your money back. 
Uh, we just canceled a transaction, an appraisal transaction, because we have to move from one lender to another because we did some legwork prior to the appraisal to find out that we have to use a different lender. So this stuff like this happens, um, you know, but don't expect that from that kind of service from a bank. Banks will just order your appraisal right away, regardless of finding out if you get approved. I, I hate saying it. And I know there's some banker out there that's saying, oh, that's not what we do, but it's what you guys do. And then you take longer. Uh, and you lock people in with a pre, uh, application fees. So it's, it's, it's still a, and, and they do a ton of marketing to get people to come in the door and they say, with low closing costs and, and then they give you and bad I saw, service. Don't get me started on banks. You and I saw a pretty embarrassing situation that a guy three months ago got a loan at 4%. Right. And, he 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 How was. How can you get a loan at four percent? They're they're all like at three five right now. Yeah, and he's priced out at three and a half. And uh, three months later, and th- the rates did not change that much in three months. And that's because he went with a he went with the advice of a bank that said we're going to give you a low cost loan. And oh, a low cost loan. Well, in reality, he's paying a higher rate and a higher payment. And he'll pay he'll ultimately pay more money out of his pocket every month, and then more beyond that payback period of what. He would have paid normal if he would have paid close, lower closing more closing costs and had a lower rate with a lower payment because he has the equity he could have rolled it into the loan which he's going to do now and give him the lower payment without any money out of his pocket so it, it don't get me started on on bankers you different can, between bankers and lenders by the you way. can get screwed by a guy who smiles at you and says a lot of nice things about you pretty quickly in real estate. Anyway, that's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Marriage. It should last forever. The cost of the wedding shouldn't. Wedding spending had a new high last year. According to the knot, it hit $35,329, up 8% in one year. Um, that's pretty egregious. Um, I think the wedding industry has monopolized themselves into a business model. Um, I feel the wedding industry has turned into a business in a way that it wasn't 20 years ago or 40 years ago. Part of the basic thought here is is that, you know, they're tapping into emotions, right? Um, The princess wedding. So it's conspicuous consumption. You want to do it perfectly so there's maybe a little bit of mysticism about it. You want to have a wedding that after you're rich and famous someday, they'll have photographs of your wedding in history books. But you should budget with your partner. You should pick the right location. Um, Getting married in Manhattan or L.A. or San Francisco is going to be a lot more expensive than some of the outer uh, outer lying cities. Uh, Invite fewer people. That's a great way to, you know, cut down your list from 141 to 180 to 50 and shop shop around. So that's my advice. I'm Rob Black. I'm sticking with that one. Facebook now has 2 billion users. 2 billion users. So Facebook is used roughly, uh, used by two-thirds of them. Uh, two-thirds of the world's population with Internet access. So pretty impressive. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Follow me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Michelangelo, something about the juice you wear. Shiny, shiny bangers on your wrist. And like a mask of gold, you're trapped in the vault in an empty aquarium. Suddenly you're out of the woods. Inside of an alley, you're out of words. When I thought it was.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. In 10 years, your phone won't be a phone anymore. Moving heavily towards voice recognition, Siri will be the conductor of a suite of devices, all tracking your interactions and anticipating your next set of moves. Um, Apple will still sell a glossy rectangle. Um, it'll probably be thin and very foldable, or roll up into scrolls like ancient papyrus. Uh, but the suite of apps and services that is today centered around the physical phone will be migrated more towards more convenient and equally capable devices like a body area network of computers, batteries, and sensors that ride on your wrists, on your ear, and on our faces, and in our clothes. So uh, the iPhone is marching towards its 10th anniversary of its first sale. And a lot of people are worried that Apple is putting too much focus on it. Uh, there's going to be a lot of powerful microprocessors, more wireless radios in the future, Series getting smarter and popping up in more places. Meanwhile, Apple's also going deep on augmented reality. Uh, one of the new features uh, in the phone is going to be AR-oriented. And again, is it going to be a, a runaway success? No. Um, <clears throat> not, not in the first iteration. So, augmented reality, it, it's typically better with... <clears throat> That bulky AR headset and you know Microsoft's Hololens, um, it's, it's too bulky. You know, Google came out with smart eyeglasses, but uh, people felt you know weird violations there of privacy and other issues. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Let's bring back CFP Chad Burton and get a little more financial insight and wisdom from the wise one. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. Part of creating wealth is ensuring what you can't afford to lose. Disability insurance ensures your ability to earn income. Homeowner's insurance ensures your home in case a tree falls on it. Life insurance, it ensures your income that you would lose if you died early, prematurely. Most of us don't. Most of us don't like talking about life insurance, Chad, because it's all about death, my death. Yeah, I mean, you should really focus on disability insurance if you can't afford it because it does get expensive, um, at least something like an Aflac, which gives you some short-term disability coverage if you know you break something and you can't work. Um, but life insurance is something that's very necessary if you have kids. And unfortunately, it's one of those areas where you start thinking about you have children, you think about what happens if I pass away, and how do I save for my family? How do I send my kids for college? And that creates kind of a uh, a golden situation for a life insurance agent to come in and sell somebody saying life insurance is the key to everything. It's the key to protect your income. It's the key to send your kids to college. It's a great investment tool. You can pull money out of it tax-free, and it's a great sales pitch, and a lot of people fall into that trap. I know a guy who used to sell insurance just like that, and now he's driving a truck. Yeah, that's typically what happens. People are starting to learn that term life is the best way to get life insurance. Buy term and invest the rest. It's a phrase that pays for you, for me, for most of the people out there. Um, because you don't really need term life insurance. You don't really need life insurance on your children when they're 25, 30, 40, 45 years old. They don't need that big paycheck when dad dies. Well, no, and you know, I mean, there's so many options in terms of maxing out your 401k, how much you can put into that, Roth IRAs, spousal IRAs, 529 plans, tax-efficient index funds. 
life insurance um, it has been very disappointing. So people get sold cash value life insurance saying, here's the great rates, the investments, and then you can take money out of it tax-free in the form of loans. But a lot of those policies are blowing up on people because the investments in the variable life insurance policies have done horribly. And the interest rates on the the kind of the whole life or universal life have dropped in half. And so a lot of these people that were going to put a whole bunch of money in and then take money out of it at retirement are now finding that they're getting these bills saying your policy is going to lapse at age 60 unless you put more money in it. And you thought you bought a savings vehicle. So now people are wondering, what do they do? What do they do with these policies that they dump too much money in? And you don't need whole life insurance. You know, I had a grandmother pass away a couple years ago, 95 years old. Um, I'm glad she didn't have a million dollar policy that she paid for her whole life up to 95 because she probably would have paid five to ten million dollars into it to get a million back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did get an oil well. I did get a farm. So instead of buying expensive insurance, she was buying assets that appreciate over time. And that's part of the inheritance per se. Yeah. So here as a, you know, my experience in the business, I got into the business on the sales side. Everybody back, you know, almost 20 years ago when I got into it, it was commission based world. And so, um, and I'm still licensed in insurance, but we do fee-based planning. Here's the instances where permanent life insurance comes into play. Okay. Everybody else should buy term and invest the difference. The 1% of the population that needs permanent insurance, number one is if you have a large pension from somewhere okay. that is going to go away if you pass away. Right. So you can look at saying, here's my lifetime if I don't take a spousal benefit, uh, and here is the option if I have a spousal benefit, but... The problem is when you take a pension and you have a spousal benefit, a lot, what if you both pass away early, then the company wins and your kids get nothing. So there's certain circumstances, about probably about 30% of the pension planning I do, life insurance, taking the higher benefit where there's no spousal benefit and using some of the extra income to buy permanent life insurance for the spouse can make sense. Number two, estate planning issues. If you're doing a charitable remainder trust, you have a large estate that's over $5 million if you're single, $10 million if you're married. Permanent insurance and an irrevocable life insurance trust is good estate planning tools. It, it creates liquidity um, at your death to pay the taxes and allows you to get some, some income with a charitable trust. And finally, if you're a real high income earner um, and you've maxed out all your options, you have a lot of money saved up and you're looking for alternative savings vehicles, there's no load or low load life insurance that if you're that type of earner that's paying 39.6% federal, uh, you know, 12% state with the Prop 30, and I mean, you're talking about 1% of the population, Then, and you've done a whole bunch of planning and you're still younger and healthy, there's certain no-load or low-load life insurance policies that can make investment sense. For the average person, buy term and invest the difference. But, and we're running out of time, what if you bought the wrong insurance? Well, when, need, how do you get out? When do you get out? Well, right? what you need to do... You leave do, money on the table. You, you could potentially leave money on the table. What you need to do is say, okay, if you've had it for 5, 10 years, is it worth keeping? You call and say, I want an in-force illustration on my policy. How is it going to perform over the next 20 years? And um, if you have a taxable gain, you can roll it over somewhere else. Um, if you don't, you can just cash it in. But before you do that, before you roll it over or cash it in, make sure you apply and get the term insurance and put it in place before you make the changes on the other policy. Sounds good. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. And don't forget, we have that seminar coming up July 13th from 11 to 1, and there's a special breakout session for contract employees. Barry has a lot of those in large part because it's cheaper to hire a contract employee who you don't have to pay their Social Security, you don't have to get them health care. So there's a lot going on there. 
and funding your own retirement is kind of important in that scenario, and knowing how to do it is something I um, I push you to uh, you know ask yourself these questions now before later. Uh, there's someone I work with in television, and just to give you an idea that I've been working in television for 15 plus years, and 15 years ago she was afraid of investing money, and she worked on my my television show for about seven or eight years, and. Uh, Fifteen years later, she still hasn't invested money. So she knows the importance of it, but she's not doing it. You can sign up for that Burlingame event July 13th by going to newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. It's a pretty important event to uh, start getting a grasp of where you are financially speaking. You can find out more information at uh, newfocusfinancial.com. Remember a couple of years ago, um, living wages? And I got on air, and it's fairly con- controversial, but... We gotta create jobs that have some skills tied towards them for these quote unquote living wages versus thinking that, you know, McDonald's hamburger flipper should be making 15 bucks. Um, or dollar store, you know, clerk should be making 15 bucks. Those are the types of jobs that are gonna be replaced with automation and kiosks, uh, very, very quickly with that $15 minimum wage. Uh, Seattle's $15 minimum wage law is, looks like it's hurting hourly workers instead of helping them. A report from the University of Washington found that when wages increased to $13 in 2016, some companies responded by cutting low-wage workers' hours. And the study was founded, you know, in part by the uh, city of Seattle. And they found that workers clocked 9% fewer hours on average and earned $125 less each month after the recent work increase. Uh, the cost of minimum wage went up to 15 bucks. So... Uh, if you're a low-skilled worker with one of those jobs, 125 bucks is a, a large amount in your paycheck. Um, it could be the difference between being able to pay your rent and not being able to pay your rent. And so, uh, $15 minimum wage. It's I got a friend who owns a couple Five Guys. And he's like, "Yep." As that number goes higher and higher, he goes, "I'm going to get more and more technology, and I'm going to do more and more to cut cut my costs. And the highest cost of business is labor." Samsung is going to relaunch the phone that it had to recall last year because it was catching fire. Um, they're reportedly going to relaunch the Galaxy Note 7. The phone was discontinued last year after catching fire. Um, that was a little bit of a problem, right? Uh, not a lot of them did, but enough that they had to do a recall, right? New device is called the Galaxy Note 7 FE. The FE stands for Fandom Edition. It's launched July 7th in South Korea. It's not clear, you know, some of the other issues tied towards the 7 FE versus the Galaxy Note 8, which is expected late summer, and how they're going to compete with each other. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, I've got a big event coming up July 13th in Burlingame. You can get in free using code RADIO25. Uh, sign up at robblackshow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Blue Apron cut the size of its IPO by about a billion dollars. I would have to say Amazon seriously kind of pulled a billion dollars out of that deal just by uh, uh, announcing that they are getting ready to acquire Whole Foods. A couple thoughts that I have that I want to hit this segment is drive away drive away any thoughts of buying a new car, in my opinion. In only one of the 25 largest cities in America, Washington, D.C., can a household making the median income afford to buy the average price new car. And, you know, that's roughly a $35,000 vehicle. It assumes the idea of a 20% down payment, a four-year loan, principal interest insurance comprising um, 10% of households' gross income. Americans are having to overextend themselves to pay for a new car. Um, a used car is the way to go. So a used car is almost always a financially smarter move. Uh, the sweet spot of two to three year old car is most often the best for the buyer. Uh, that's because new cars lose value fast. Uh, the moment you drive off the lot, you lost about 11% of value. But try to tell Americans that. Uh, good luck, right? Um, and I think America kind of likes their um, their cars, right? We're kind of ingrained into it. There's an article in USA Today uh, about the, a new Bugatti. And uh, let's just say when you, I look at it, I'm not a car guy. A car guy, uh, but I looked at it. I was like, whoa, a Bugatti. And I hope I'm saying that right, because that shows you how much of a car guy I'm not. Richest people on the planet are getting richer year over year. Um, and that's going to be a problem down the road, because I've got friends who are having kids right now. I'm like, are you saving for your kids' retirement? Like, And they're like, you mean, are you saving for your kids' college? I'm like, no, 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 are you saving for their retirement? Um, because I think it's going to be pretty tough out there. Um, I think you do have to save for their college, but I think you also need to start thinking about getting some money geared towards their long term because uh, the rich get richer. The combined wealth of the wealthy uh, increased in 2016 by 1.5% to $27 trillion. This is people who've got over $30 million or more in assets. Um, Europe very subdued in their ultra-wealthy. North America up 5.1% in their ultra-wealthy. So average workers don't have those kind of of gains as the super rich do. Um, the average CEO at a F- F- S&P 500 company received a payday raise uh, in 2016, nearly three times the rate of the average worker. The median compensation for a CEO is about 11.5 million, an eight and a half percent increase from the previous year. Um, so, like I said, have you started saving for your kid's retirement? And it's kind of a messed up concept to say out loud, right? Um, other stories of note that I found interesting while I was mulling through some of the Wall Street journals and the New York Times, but Facebook had a plan to promote flu shots, but pulled the plug. 
uh, Facebook was working with Harvard and other groups to encourage users to get flu shots. Uh, the plan was scrapped after months of work. Um, how do you feel about that? I'm not against vaccinations. I think vaccinations should be spread out. I think children should be monitored when they have them. But that's as far as my knowledge goes. Um, so the idea was for Facebook back in 2013 to pick up public health issue to determine whether targeting users on social messaging on a site like Facebook could change behavior. It would have been a big first step for the social networking giant who could get into the $3 trillion healthcare sector. Um, if they made a relationship with a flu, sh- a, vac- a flu shot company, how would you feel about that? A lot of people would have a lot of problems with that because, you know, at one point in time you're promoting flu shots and like, that's pretty innocent enough. And then they're starting to look at men who are 60 and above and they're like, okay, let's target um, erectile dysfunction. Or something along those lines, right? Uh, because they know your age. They know your income. Um, they probably know things like... Uh, they're, following you, they're following your searches and your cookies and stuff like that. So if you've ever put yourself in that situation where you search for something online, they, they've got more information on you than you think they do. So what else is out there? Mall vacancies are edging up. U.S. retail mall vacancies increased in the second quarter and rents were slightly higher. The national retail vac- uh, vacancy rate rose to 10% in the second quarter from 9.9%. Things change. And again, let's call that one the Amazon situation. Uh, in large part because we're not going to malls as often as we used to. So Ford's recalling a lot of cars, 400,000 vehicles. Safety recall is going to impact um, about 400,000 2015-2017 Ford Transit vans or bus vehicles. Um, it happens. It's pretty normal. Uber's interested in a new feature. So recalls don't bother me uh, because a lot of companies build that into their business models. Uh, Uber's opening up a new feature that lets you call for a ride for someone else. And uh, even if they don't have the app or a smartphone, starting today you'll be able to request an Uber for someone. Uber's launching a new in-app feature that lets you request and pay for a ride on behalf of another person, even if they don't have a smartphone or the Uber app. Tinder's got a new uh, version out called Tinder Gold, where you could hit a button and see everyone who's already swiped right on you. I know you're saying, is that app still around? Uh, Yep, it's the number one uh, database for uh, venereal diseases in the nation. Don't forget, I always have a seminar coming up. You can sign up for the one in Burlingame on July 13th and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. It's a lunchtime event, Uh, RADIO25. I'm Rob Black. Planning for retirement can be complicated. There's lots to consider. But by narrowing your focus to a few key issues, you can maximize your retirement income and give yourself a much better chance of enjoying a comfortable retirement. I'm Rob Black, and on July 13th, I'll be in Burlingame for a special lunchtime event with CFP Chad Burton and attorney Michelle Lerman. We'll be discussing retirement income strategies and estate planning updates that you can use to get the most of your retirement nest egg. We'll cover passive versus active portfolio management, transitioning your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, measuring risk, estate planning tips for 2017, and more. 
That's Thursday, July 13th at the Doubletree in Burlingame. The event runs from 11 to 1 and includes lunch. And if you can stick around, we've also got a breakout bonus session where we'll give some retirement tips for the self-employed. Go to robblackshow.com for the details and to register. Cost is $25 and we'll waive that fee for KDOW listeners. Just use promo code radio25 when you register at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com, promo code radio25. Hope to see you there. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.